The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'll make this short, Fight Game Podcast Extra. We have two guests on the show. First of all, Paul Fontaine talking UFC 291, which on paper, this is an absolutely fantastic show. And then it's part two of my conversation with Larry Dallas. We did it in consecutive weeks. It wasn't one long sitting. It was actually two different episodes. So uh, Larry is great to talk to. Such fantastic talent in this wrestling space. Uh, and before we get to both of those, I just wanted to mention, we had a pretty crazy, exciting, fantastic week on Fight Game Media Network. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford is tonight, and we're talking, you know, this isn't Mayweather Pacquiao, right? This isn't a fight that people have been waiting for, you know, for eight years or 10 years or however long it was for, for those guys to get in the ring. But this is not that far away from that fight. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, they've been circling each other for a long time. It's finally happening. Uh, I am happy that I'm not able to watch it. And I'll tell you why, because it's my uh, third wedding anniversary. And Crystal and I are going out. So unfortunately, you know... You have to celebrate these moments, and I'm going to miss Spence and Crawford. And also, I'm missing UFC 291. Like, Spence and Crawford would have been my priority, but, man, UFC 291 is really close behind. So, for those of you who had to make that decision, if you have to make that decision, maybe you're buying both, uh, shoot me an email, gg at fightgamemedia.com. I'm actually interested who's watching what this weekend. Uh, Obviously, AEW Collision is on Saturday as well. That's before... The pay-per-view, the UFC pay-per-view, and the boxing pay-per-view. But that's also a, a big show with the tag team title match. And on Sunday, Great American Bash as well. So lots of stuff to watch. G1 is still ongoing. I think that comes back Sunday. So uh, let me know what you're watching. I'm, I'm very curious as to how people are prioritizing all of this content now. Not everybody has multiple podcasts in which you have to talk about them. So I'm hoping that 
you know, not everyone is having to watch as, as much as, as me, unless you just love watching it, which I'll, I'll for, I'm all for that. But shoot me an email, gg at fightgamemedia.com. I'm interested in what everyone is watching. Um, Robert Silva has a great preview for Spence Crawford. He asked uh, two friends to hop on and give their predictions as well. Um, we also have the in the clinch with uh, the preview with Ryan and Paul. And then on this show, Paul's going to give me his best bets. And we kind of go back and forth on the on the top two, uh, the top two matches. I, I kind of feel now I explained this, but man, you know, Poye and Gaethje talk about like just a, what on paper is a fantastic and amazing fight that uh, for the BMF title. But Yana uh, and Pahea, that's... that's kind of, now, I'm not saying that I want to see that fight more than Dustin and, uh, and Gaethje, but I'm so intrigued just because I think I just have it in my mind when uh, Jan kind of just decimated Izzy and Pay is better, bigger than Izzy, so uh, it's it's a little bit of a closer size matchup. But I just kind of wonder how that thing's going to go. So I'm intrigued with both of those. But unfortunately, you know, unless I, uh, unless you know our night ends early and we decide to, to come home a little early, and I can, you know, still watch them on pay per view, I'm going to miss them. But hope everyone has a, a great time watching those fights. Also, one more thing: patreoncom media. We just put out our last of our free month of july episodes scott e wrestling he and stephen conway on our patreon uh the five star joshi joshi show and they're talking uh five star gp so check that out if you're a joshi fan or if you're trying to get into it i think i still think it's like the the one wrestling uh company stardom that if i just had i don't know an extra four or five hours a week that's the one that i would try my best to get into but uh so check out scott's podcast it's free uh our, our the free month ends this uh with this show so hopefully people enjoyed the content you can still go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and check out the free content that we put out this month everything is going to go back behind the paywall for uh, starting in august so check it out uh and hopefully you enjoyed this episode myself paul fontaine then after that myself and uh finishing up with Larry Dallas. Before every UFC pay-per-view, we've brought on Paul Fontaine since Fight Game Podcast Extra started. He's going to help us preview UFC 291, as well as go over his ROI bets that he's been making on this show to see how he's doing. And if if he's been able to give folks you know, some, some good advice here as far as the betting is concerned. So, Paul, what's going on? Not much. Really pumped up for this uh, weekend's fight. I'm glad uh, you reminded me that the show is happening. Um, <laughs> we recorded our preview on Monday, and, uh, you know, it's that's four days ago. So I'm like, I know there's a UFC every week, but I forgot it was this one. So and this is uh, a big one, man. It is. It's probably, I mean, other than the Jones fight, probably the biggest fight of the year, biggest fight and the biggest show of the year. Honestly, a deeper show than the Jones show overall, but... Um, in terms of a fight, I'd say it's maybe the second biggest fight. And I know for Ryan, he said it's the biggest fight he's looking forward to right now. Um, other than maybe Jones Stipe in November. Two really strong uh, top matches here with Poye and Gaethje 
and Blakovich and Pahea, uh, you know, Pahea stepping up in weight. Uh, you know, he, he, he sort of had to, he couldn't make that weight more than likely uh, without cutting off a limb or something anymore. <laughs> but those are two really exciting big time fights that are meaningful to, to the division. And this is one, you know, I was on the fight game podcast yesterday with John LaRocca talking about how there's so much stuff going on. And with the addition of this show, which I sort of see it as, you know, maybe the most intriguing UFC show this year, and there's the Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fight, which for boxing fans is even higher on the priority scale than this would be for UFC fans. Like that fight has been one they've been in the, you know, they've been waiting for that fight for years and years and years to happen. It's finally happening. So, and then it's my anniversary weekend, <laughs> so I'm not going to be able to watch either, which, you know, I maybe five years ago, I'd have been a little bit more bummed out, but it's just, it's how it works. You, we cannot, live our life based around all of these events because if we did we would have no life so i'm you gotta you gotta you know you gotta prioritize and um, i think i'm going to prioritize my anniversary uh <laughs> night out so um but yeah it's it, 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 these are two giant shows in addition to all the wrestling stuff that is going on this weekend as well so uh keep keep up with what you can and if you can't uh, don't sweat it is kind of how i'm i'm looking at it well, this is where living on the West Coast probably hurts you because for me, like even if it was our anniversary, like I'd probably go out, have dinner, you know, we'd be back by like nine o'clock and that's when the pay-per-view starts. So, and my wife's an early, uh, early to bed, like I think you've said yours is, so, yeah. you know, like for me, like even if we were out till 10, like I would just watch the show late and, you know, just be up till like one or something. But. Yeah. I mean, I could theoretically do that. Yeah. The risk for me is paying what is the, the UFC now is 80. The boxing Ridiculous. is 85, I think. Wow. So I'd be paying, you know, almost 200 bucks for two shows. And there's a real, real possibility that I would get spoiled on both of them. So I'd and really there. like, what do you like? Probably three fights that you're really going to pay attention to, right? Yeah. So, the, with I, the boxing, I, I don't even care about the undercard. I just want to yeah. watch the main event. And with the UFC show, you know, I, I'll watch the main card. I'm interested in the main card, but, yeah. uh, you know, so, but this, those top two fights are, are what, what we'll talk about right now are, is kind of what I got my eye on. Um, the the, the Blakovich fight is really interesting because I, I, I vehemently remember when Izzy went up in weight and there was an immediate size difference. And strength difference, and mm -hmm. and we saw okay the 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 really good big man beat the excellent little man. In this fight, Pahea is a naturally a bigger person than Adesanya. Uh, and do you think the size matchup will be closer to similar when both of these guys are inside the cage? Uh, yeah, I, I think so because I th I think Pahea like that's two hundred five is is the better weight class for him. Um, now Blahovich is a really big light heavyweight. So I think there's, he's still going to have a bit of a size advantage, but, but I mean, they're completely different, uh, you know, to, to, well, they'll, they'll be in the cage probably at 225, 230. And, um, you know, Blahovich is more of like that big kind of just a huge guy. Whereas Pepe is a lot more lean, but with the, the biceps and the big legs. So, um, you know, and, and obviously he's got the striking advantage where Blahovich is going to have the wrestling. And that's where Pahe is really untested in terms of, 
you know, take down defense. And if they get to the ground, you know, what, what kind of game is he going to have on the ground? Because he comes from that kickboxing background. So, but then the key is, does Blahovich able to get in close enough to even take him down? And with Adesanya, I don't think he was worried about the power as much as he will have to be with, with Bahia. So um, it's, I think it's going to be a completely different fight than the Adesanya fight. Um, but, but I mean, Blahovich knows how to slow things down and bring it to his pace. I mean, the last fight he had with Magomed Ankalaev, Ankalaev's another hard hitter and they, they just had, they had one of the worst fights of the year. Um, and it was a split decision draw and it was to the (laughs) point where Dana said, neither one of these guys are fighting for a title again. Um, now, you know, know, Dana says a lot of things. So I think the winner of this fight is going to get a title shot, but um because it's vacant right now in a perfect world this would be the light heavyweight title match but um because it was only two weeks ago that jamal hill gave up his title it wasn't enough time to book these guys for five rounds and then also they would want would have to be the main event over that bmf title and i don't think i think they want that bmf title to be in the main event do you think that that pahaya will have an issue with uh, cardio at this weight uh I, it's hard to say i don't think so just because like i again like he's fought you know he's he's only seven or what is it eight and eight and one in in yeah in uh, ufc or in mma competition. he's you know he's got fought a lot of fights in kickboxing and a lot of his fights went the distance so seven and two actually sorry and um i don't know like i'm just going to look back on the kickboxing record here to see how long these fights actually are so they're yeah they're only nine minutes i mean so it's possible um we did see his first ufc fight go the distance and he did not look as good in the third round so i mean it's or sorry it was a second ufc fight so it's possible um that 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 could be a factor but you know i I also, you know, he went five rounds without Asanya, and uh, and he ended up knocking him out in the fifth round. So, you know, it's I think yeah, there were times, paid- and and there were there were times in that fight where I thought he was done, and then no, he wasn't done. He he was able to to pull it pull it out. Um, so yeah, so th- this is I I, I mean I, I kind of would would lean Jan in this one just because he's more natural at that weight. Has you know had many fights at that weight. And uh, you know, but Pepe is so explosive; he could he could end it at, at any point. So, but I, I just these kind of matchups, the wrestler versus the striker, and they're both such high level at their craft. Uh, these are the ones that that I I really enjoy. Now, I mean, if Jan just wrestles him for five rounds, and maybe it's not going to be fantastic, but I think there's that aspect of Pahea could could do something at any point at any time. Well, so let's talk about that main event because. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a rematch from back when they're on Fox days. So it's like five years or so in the making. Uh, Poye and Gaith G, two of the fan favorites of all fan favorites of exciting fighters in the UFC. And uh, I think this, you know, this is what what the, the level of what people expect is fight of the year. And, you know, whatever the bottom level of that you're, is at least exciting fight so you know they have a they i think the expectation is very high and both guys they fight with the idea that hey i'm here to win but also i'm here to entertain and that's part of my job so i think this is going to be really really excellent uh what is your take on this i I like how dave put it on wrestling observer radio when he said like this is like the mma version of 
Omega and Osprey. Like these guys are just going out there to have the fight of the year. And, you know, and, and, and Geishi, his whole mentality is kill or be killed. Uh, Poye is a little bit more of a technical fighter, but he's also like super exciting and can get into a, a slugfest with just about anybody. Their first fight was a fight of the year, uh, you know, voted on by just about every publication anywhere. Um, it, I'm looking at the topology rankings who have like all time rankings and it's like the number 18 fight of all time. Um, so, you know, and, and I, that feels almost low to me. Um, but you know, that's what it was voted there. Um, just a great fight. Uh, Poye won 30, 33 seconds into the fourth or the fourth round, I believe. Um, and, uh, just again, just incredible fight. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I expect the same here. Like it's almost, you know, fight of the night is almost a guarantee. And you're like, if it's not a fight of the year, you're almost gonna be disappointed. Like that's, that's the expectation that people have and that having that bmf title i mean people you know sometimes will joke about it that oh yeah it's just a made-up title that ufc is doing because they want to have a title fight on every show but um they can actually make this bmf title a valuable title there's a lot of fighters in and around that 155 you know 170 145 that guys could go up or down they could do catch weights and this is just the the crazy mf or fight you know like title that you know and there's guys i mean there's two guys on the main card actually there's four guys on the main card that could potentially fight for this title down the road and i really hope that this is not just a one-off i mean it's the second time they've done it but i hope this becomes a regular thing in ufc and i hope that i think it could be like two years from now we could be talking about this as the biggest title in ufc all right I'm going to I'm going to lay out here. I'm going to let you update us on your ROI picks that you've been making on this show. <laughs> and then I'll let you give uh, your favorite picks here. And I also want to hear who you think are going to win those those top 2 fights. I don't know if those are 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 in your picks or not, but they are actually. So Okay, there we go. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, they are. Uh, all right. So last time UFC 290, we had a good night. Um 2 and 1. And because one of the uh, fighters that I picked was an underdog, there was a $191 profit. So overall, um, and that's based on $100 bets on every fight. So overall, where picks are seven and five with a $209 profit. So on 12 fights, that's not bad. Um, in fact, that's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, so this this one, I've got the two top fights, and I've also got one on the prelims. So, and actually, this has nothing to do with what happened, but... Um, CJ Vergara is a flyweight fighter on the uh, prelims. He's fighting Venetia Salvador. And Venetia Salvador had a real tough weight cut, and he missed weight by two and a half pounds. But that fight's still going on. So um, I've got CJ Vergara as a 60.6% ROI. Um, he's a minus 170 favorite going into the fight, and he's won both of his fights previously when he was a favorite. And just to remind people, uh, ROI is return on investment, which it's based on uh, that's your profit margin on every dollar you bet. So, uh, you know, a $10 bet would win you $6.10 profit uh, on average. So you're, you'd be getting back sixteen ten on your $10 bet um, on average. So that, you know, that, that's why I picked CJ Vergara, and this is based on historical betting. Um, the second one, the co-main event, uh, and you said you're leaning towards Jan. Well, he's got a 96.3% ROI. Now there's a key here. That's mainly based on him being the underdog. Every time he's the underdog, he wins. 
it's crazy when i first started doing this roi like he was the one that just stood out for me and i've bet on him every single time because the profit margin is crazy 96 percent. you're almost doubling your money and but he's a favorite this time and he's only got a one in one record as a favorite so i am recommending him as my roi and i will put money down on him but i don't feel great about this one wow Uh, you know yeah so but i'm just sticking with my what i do right um, and, and actually when I sent you our picks for our fight game media panel, I think I picked for Hera, but that's, <laughs> that's before I did my research. And, uh, yeah. So, um, and then in the main event, um, this actually matches up with who I think is going to win. Um, Dustin Poirier has a 64.7% ROI. Uh, he's a minus 135 favorite. And when he's been a favorite in the past, he's been six and one. And Justin Gaethje has also not done well as an underdog. He does have a positive ROI, but he's he's not done well as an underdog. So he usually beats the guy he's supposed to beat and loses to the guys that are ranked ahead of him. So um, those are my three picks. Yeah, uh, stylistically, this seems like a fight that Poirier is going to probably fight it a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll he'll take a shot when you know when it's there rather than force things necessarily. He probably fought. He'll probably fight a little bit more calmly, mm-hmm. uh, but. Again, much Gaethje can also end it at any point in time, which is what makes this fight super exciting. So, um, no, thanks for doing this. I love chatting up uh, UFC. You know, I like it when we have another segment on the UFC on this network uh, once every four weeks or so, because you and Ryan, you guys have your show in the clinch, which goes up every uh, Monday, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, depending or sorry, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, or depending on where you live. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy it, and I'm happy that we can talk more of this stuff on this show. So thanks, Paul. And uh, I guess what, Paul Ace Fontaine on Twitter? And did, on did you? X. Did, yeah, oh yeah, on X. Did you, did you, uh, you you're still anti th- threads. Am I right about that? Uh, not anti. I, I did sign up. Um, I try, I've tried using it. I just don't find the interaction is there. And yeah, there's seems, not, the people aren't there yet. Yeah, it seems to be dying, if anything. Um, if they add DMs, I'll probably be more active on it. Um, cause I do in, enjoy interacting with people via DM. I did just finally, um, uh, relent and give my eight bucks. To get that blue check back. Oh wow, you did. Yeah. Well, what else you know what? You, what else do you get? I don't even know what 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 the longer, it's the longer DM tweets. Thing. Oh, it's the DM thing because I I mean you, they weren't allowing DMs to go through unless you're verified. So, I think and, you had to change a setting or something though. I tried that, but if the other person doesn't change a setting, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, but if you're wanting to reach out, if you want to do guests requests and, and you even just talk to people, like they're, if they're not following you, it's it's impossible to DM them. So and that's then that was not a bad reason. that's not a bad reason to have yeah. the uh to have the check mark, but it's kind of you know, it's it's a, I don't, I, it, it could turn off people from X oh, more yeah. so than they'll just, oh, I'm just going to find a different way. But, uh, you know, hopefully it works for you. Editing I, tweets is another one too, because I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Hopefully uh, your picks come through. And, uh, you know, even though I can't watch live, uh, I'm very hopeful that I'll be able to, to watch in some other way or just wait three weeks or whatever it is until ESPN puts the whole thing up. All I'll right. make sure and uh, post the link if, if I make a profit. And if I don't, I'll forget this conversation. <laughs> happened. All right. Thanks, Paul Fontaine. And uh, we'll be back with our next segment. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. 
Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, last week when we talked to Larry Dallas, left some meat on the bone so that we could come back and do a part two. And, you know, as is the case sometimes when you start podcasts, like the conversation that happens before the podcast actually starts recording is like really good. And you're like, oh, I should have hit record (laughs) 20 minutes ago. And that's kind of where where we're at. Yes. And Larry was telling me how uh, you remember the story from last week about him being on the, the 50 cent reality show on MTV. Yeah. He he actually got a talent agent uh, thanks to meeting this person at the bar, got some headshots and then got booked for Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania. And that is where I was like, you know what? Let's press record. <laughs> so this is the WrestleMania in which Snooki yes. had a match. And was this also for some reason, I, I feel like so one wrestler got pushed out of a WrestleMania match and was frustrated about it or something. Was that the Snooki one? Was that the Snooki one? I might be off. On I don't that. know. It might, it might be the Snooki one. But yeah, so obviously I had a talent agent and, you know, I look at the time. Um, they needed people that looked very Jersey Shore. And uh, they, they, they messaged me to like, to like, hey, it's for um, WWE in Jersey. Like, would you be interested? Like, would be interested? I'm like, I'll do this shit for free. Like, whatever. Yeah, man, let's go. And uh, I went there and um, they had to film like three segments. So this would be Snooki and Trish at the bar. And then Layla and, uh, you know, Lay Cool. Yeah. Uh, would come out. And then, like, I think that was segment two or three or whatever that the, the big brawl happens. So um, it's so great. So Snooki's late coming in, right? And um, she's like pretty inebriated when she when she gets there. So um, the first scene. So she's on brand is what you're saying. She's on brand for Snooks. Yeah. So the first scene that we're on with this is um, I'm standing at the bar. And I grab my beer and I go sit down at a table and I have to sip the beer and it zooms into that. Well, this took about like 15 takes. (laughs) So if you know anything about Hollywood, they now have given me 15 beers. So so, so I'm sitting at this bar um, and this is take one. And um, her best friend, did you ever watch Jersey Shore? Uh Uh-huh. I loved the the first like three seasons of Jersey Shore. It's like some of the best reality TV ever. So remember Ryder? Uh Uh Okay. So Ryder's here too. Like, So Ryder's at the table with me. So like... I'm talking to Ryder, but we ended up actually going on like a date, like a month or two later after this, but like Ryder's sitting there with me. So I'm just talking to her bullshit. And, and like, Nicole sees me talking to her. And she comes up. She's like, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm like, Larry. She's like, I'm Nicole. I'm like, I, I know who you are. <laughs> you know, like, uh, whatever it is. So, but then I made like another, like big faux pas. He's like, I'm going to be, that's the rest of me. It was 2010. It had to be 2010, uh, right? I'll look it up, but yeah. Keep okay. Talking. 
I mean, I'm like four months into this, into into like being an on-screen character for Evolve. Like, I don't even think the DVD came out of like my debut. Like, I'm nobody. I'm so far from being anybody that like I'm here on this moment or whatever. And I'm when I was standing at the bar grabbing a beer to go, uh, it was Trish and Snooks that were next to me. Um, and I'm like, this is Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus is right next to me. Like, this is a moment in life. And like, we remember like Trish had that reputation of being like the best female wrestler that we've seen in generations or whatever at the time because yeah, she's actually that, yeah. put she, effort. She actually, yeah they i mean she turned into something when she was just a, a valet so, yeah so i'm trying so to this like, sort of in wrestlemania 27 so this was the rocks wrestlemania when he came back to host it before he did the two programs at cena yeah so that might be um 2011 maybe 2011. That's, maybe it's a year maybe it's, no, it's a year i've been in the it's been a year i've been on camera then yeah so um, so yeah, so like, I'm trying to be slick as hell, right? I'm thinking this in my head, like, I want to look smart. So I go to her, I go, I go, you know, because the Japanese women wrestlers were better, right? I go, I go, you know, you're my favorite American, uh, female performer. She looks at me, she goes, actually, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yep, that's a full blown, like LD moment. They're screwing this whole thing up. But, um, you know, they did the three segments, whatever. It was awesome. And I ended up like the extras got taken on a bus from like Manhattan to uh, Jersey or whatever. And um, they had two wrestlers that were booked. One's a referee now um, for WWE. His name is Dan. Uh, he's the really tan referee, really Italian looking referee. He's on the main roster. And this uh, guy, Justin Carino, were the real wrestlers that were like the real extras that WWE booked. And then like we were the rest of like the paid um, TV actor extras. But I ended up like, instead of going back on the bus to Manhattan, mind you, I have no car. Um, and there's no Uber yet. This is like 20. 20- yeah. 2011 or whatever yeah I, st- I stayed at the bar and hung out with like Ryder and Snooki for like another couple of hours and like had no idea how i was getting home like had to take jersey transit which i never take to get to manhattan I had, to, I had to figure out this whole like way of getting home which is just another you know one of me getting myself in situation stories but yeah it's, that's a that that came from the from the acting agent and the point of that where i was going with that was i got booked for an acting role once because we were talking about acting and stuff like that before this yeah and um it's just i did like it was a PC Richard and Son commercial. And it was, uh, they wanted me for this main part and speaking role. They gave me like all these lines. And this is where I like learned for the first time. Like I suck with scripts. It's like, why well, I like my promos were always never as good as they, as, as good as speakers. I am. My promos were never good, but like me personally, just put a mic on. Let me talk is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, everything just sounded forced or sound. And they, they gave me like 12 tries at this, at this role. And they ended up booking me as like an extra part. So I got the payday. And uh, I just remember being so bored on set. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, acting is the most boring thing in the world. I'm like, I never want to do this. Like, God bless The Rock. He's making millions. God bless <laughs> Cena and Batista. Batista's the best actor out of the bunch. Batista's amazing. Um, which, is a, which is another story for like another thing to dive into somewhere else. But Batista's the best actor. I've watched every Rock movie, but Batista's the best actor out of all three of them. Probably the best actor, wrestler turned actor ever. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought acting was so boring. But yeah, but uh, having an acting agent actually got me booked uh, as a WWE extra for like a five hundred dollar payday or whatever, which is you actually know, fucking amazing. You know, we know that The Rock and John Cena, mm-hmm. you know, they had their issues. It seems like the issues have been cleared up. And I don't know if you follow the Fast and Furious franchise very closely, but they are both in the franchise. Yes, the Rock is making his comeback to the franchise after and, being away. And John's out now. And John, we'll see because we'll see. We'll see because there, there's a moment where you think John's out, but many characters have been out before and they come back somehow. Yeah, like Han. So, so I wonder 
if we do get a Cena and Rock moment, which would be cool. Yeah. And then if we do, you got to get Batista booked for a cameo in the movie, right? Well, well, like, there's two left, right? So like, there's only two. Like, this is this this is X is going to be a trilogy. Oh, is so it going to be? I thought it was only going to be two. No, I'm pretty it's sure a it's a trilogy. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure the final one's a trilogy. By the way, it's fantastic. Jason Momoa was like the Joker in, in the last I loved one. it. I loved it. Was, it. That, that was, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't love the movie necessarily, but I did. No, love no, he was, his role was yeah, great. His, the movie, he was good. I mean, those movies are starting to, you know, I mean, it's like. Yeah, rocking. five, six, seven. I was like, these movies are great. And then after yeah. uh, the, well, the, the actor. uh who played Brian? I forget. I forget the actor's name. Uh, After he Paul passed, Walker. Paul Walker. Then they, you know, they they kind of dovetailed a little bit. So we're we're, we're very uh, like Rocky Five, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Balboa era of um, this I, franchise. I, I I I stand for Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I you're was, cool, Balboa. I was okay. So he so you got got to think about my age. So 1985. Yeah. Um, I am nine years old. Yeah. And the so the my first my first first memory of going to the movies is 1983 Return of the Jedi. Dad pulls me out of school, Friday matinee, Return of the Jedi. That's like the best thing ever, right? Yeah. And so sort of similar for Rocky 4. Dad pulls me out of school, matinee, Rocky 4 on the big screen. I'm, you know, I'm nine, I'm 9 years old and and it's amazing. Rocky 3 was the year before Return of the Jedi. I saw it on the big screen, and Mr. T was like the most intimidating man of all time. Yeah. And then I watched WrestleMania 2 and was like, well, Mr. T's not really that tough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But so like that is my time frame. So Rocky Five comes out and it is just a dog. It is such a bad movie. And so now from uh well, Rocky Five would have been what, 1990. And then so we get 16 years between Rocky five and Rocky Balboa. So I was fully ready. I was prepared. I wanted to see old man Rocky and I, I really liked Rocky Balboa. So I, I was totally fine with it. Hold on. A second. Um, well, I'm filming something and you're making all this noise. Sorry about that. Got people no, sorry. Walking in and out of the room here. We're, we're, okay. We're gonna we're, we're going to keep that one on video. We should. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was completely. I, and then, you know, when you come back with Creed 1, you know, uh, what Creed 1 was a few years later. So that was that was fantastic. So they, they ride to the ship. But, yeah, I'm with you on, on Fast and Furious. Um, but I want to see that moment. I want to see Rock. I want to see Cena. I want to see Batista. All It'd be nice screen. to have them all on there just for the nerd factor of us, of like all of the all wrestling fans that would go for something like that completely. Yeah, totally. You know? uh, uh, so, so, so the 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 thing I wanted to kind of ask you about, and, we, and we'll go a little. You know, we, we were kind of bouncing all over the place last time. I actually wanted to go back to the beginning of when I first heard of you. Yep. Now, which is, uh, I don't even know when that would be. So I'm trying to think of when that was. Uh, but oh, I just remember. I did. Well, well, honestly, it's it's the name, right? It's the name that yes, stands out it, to me. If you know the name, as somebody who grew up, you know, a little. I'm I'm a little young for yeah. Three's Company, but catching up on syndication, I got I probably seen every episode. But yeah. that name stands out as like, oh, like I get it. Like he, uh, his wrestling name is a name of a character, but that character 
he's not the most stand-up character in the world, right? Correct. He's That's a little, how, like, little, little sleazy, yes. kind of like, eh, yes. you know, he's he wants the girls, maybe not get the girl, but he's going to keep trying. Yes. Larry Dallas, Jack Tripper's best friend, though, so he had to be a yeah. quality human to be Jack yeah. Tripper's best friend. So yeah. what is, the, you know, what was the inspiration for you so, to to utilize that name? So I'm going to Collision tomorrow night, right? AEW Collision um, with my friend David. And my friend David is the one who named me Larry Dallas. Oh, and, wow. he, and he actually jokes that, like, I'm his creation because we both can't believe that it's gone where the hell it's gone to. <laughs> but he used to, it used to be like his nickname for me because, you know, he just thought, Number one, he knew that it was a cool name from from watching that show. But yeah, the day that like it became official that like I was Larry Dallas, we were on um Mike Johnson at PW Insider used to do these bus trips to Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. We'd go from Queens to Philadelphia at the Murphy Rec Center, which is where Ring of Honor was doing their early shows. So as this story goes, there was a Ring of Honor CZW doubleheader. We had front row to I believe both, but it's a long ass day of wrestling, you know. And even at that point, I was nineteen maybe 20 years old. And I like, I didn't want to sit there for nine hours of wrestling. Neither one of us did, but anyway, we're on this whole thing. And there was this kid, there was this guy that was um, on the bus trip who lived in, I want to say Carmel, New York. And like where we were living at the time is Yorktown Heights. So it's about 30 minutes North or West or however you want to phrase that from us. So anyway, the kid comes up to it, to it, to me. And he's like, Hey, like, do you mind giving me a ride home um, from the bus? You know, when we get there and like, I don't, I'm so young, I'm still not ready for confrontation. So I'm like, uh, like I don't know. You got to ask my buddy, Dave, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, I'm driving. So this is the important part. I'm the one actually driving. I'm like, you gotta, we got to ask David, um, you know, figuring he'll say no. So we asked, so we go to Dave. Dave's like, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Whatever you want to do. So the guy walks away. I go, I go you idiot. I go, I go, I told him you were driving. And now I'm driving. I didn't want to take you. What are we going to do here? And he's like, he's like, you really are freaking larry dallas you know, you know so we get on the bus and like i have mike we tell mike like hey we're not gonna be able to take the kid home just let him know so like we, we pretend like we're sleeping and the guy's on the phone with like his father to have his father come pick him up in queens from like an hour and a half away at like three o'clock in the morning and i'm like oh my god i'm like we are the worst human beings in the world <laughs> we get off the bus the kid's like throwing up about something like just throwing up he was sick or whatever and like David's checking on him and I'm like a block down the street before like when he turns around and look for me. And it just, it was one of those things where it became like, that was my nickname. Yeah. So obviously when I got into wrestling, um, it became my name around like friends of that group. It was like Larry Dallas and all that stuff. When I got into wrestling, it just was, you needed a name. Um, but it's so funny to me that like, if I walked into a bar that I work at or I walk into a social situation I, I work at, people call me LD. Like, like no one calls me by my real name. Like Lawrence Muso is like a name that's like only been mentioned in the observer and like a police blotter once or twice. Like, it's not something that anyone knows me as. Um, and it's, it's funny, like grammar school friends call me LD. So like, it's not even like it's Larry Dallas anymore. Now it's like LD. Like yeah. now, like, like, it, it, like I've shortened a nickname I stole from a TV show <laughs> and like, whatever. And like, if you Googled like Larry Dallas, like I'm like the sixth or seventh picture like (laughs) next to Richard Klein. Um, Someone actually got me an autograph. This girl, uh, Christine Coons, who's like a was local photographer in the tri-state area. Um, Coons photographs. Um, That's probably going to get in trouble. But no, the name is actually Coons photographs. Um, Is uh, she um, she met Richard Klein at like a convention. 
Yeah. And he signed the autograph. He goes, to Larry Dallas, great name, Richard Klein. I said, I have the 8 by 10 somewhere here, somewhere in a storage unit or somewhere. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how it came about. And it just worked. Um, and then like off of the MTV show, when Gabe had originally hired me, there was a guy, superstar Sean Davis, who was um, big in the Florida independent scene. Um, was an overweight, um, blonde, like total, like Buddy Rose, like early mm-hmm. 80s, um, Southern, like heel gimmick guy. Like they wore the pink and he was the sexiest guy in the world, but like, you know, he's big fat guy. Um, <laughs> and like, I was just going to be like this character who was on TV, who thought he was a big shot that was supposed to be behind Sean Davis. Um, Sean Davis got fired uh, like three shows in because he had a deal. Do you remember the Fred Wilpon, uh, the Wilpon, the Mets owners? Uh-huh. Do you remember the, the, the story about their son starting a wrestling promotion? No, or was going to start wrestling? That. So this is an actual thing. You can probably Google it. Wilpon's wrestling or something like that. So this was like this big thing that was supposed to happen. That like this is my first like welcome to the business kids. I'm driving with Sean. He's like, brother, you know. And Jimmy Jacobs taught me this very young too. Like the hey brother guys. Like that's why good brother now is like such a used term. Yeah. Because the old rib was like the hey brother guys were the guys that, were the, <laughs> that you never wanted to be around. They were just carny carny bastards. <laughs> so like if anyone was in the car and you're young and you're starting out, you meet some guy and like. Hey brother, you know, uh, you know, brother, we got this going on, or brother, we got that going on. Those the brother guys were the worst guys ever. And uh, Sean was like telling about this whole story, and like, oh, we got this big promotion, man. I'm gonna take you with me, kid, right to the top, and all this stuff. And I'm like three shells in. I'm like, holy shit, this is all working out to my dreams. And like, yeah. he's fired. So I get to like, <laughs> I, get, I get, I get to the fourth show now. I've, I've lost the, I've lost the lead guy of my act. Like, like this act is gone. Like I'm fired already. Like. I get to Evolve 4, the main event was Brian Danielson, Bobby Fish. This is when Brian was fired from WWE between, before he went back to SummerSlam. He did a couple of shows with us. Wow. Evolve was his idea. Um, Evolve was a brand new, uh, Brian Danielson creation. So the opening thing on the format sheet is um, Brian Danielson. Uh, the opening thing on the format sheet is I get kicked out of the building. And the final thing on the format sheet is I get kicked out of the building. I think both times by Brian Danielson, whatever it was, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm fired. Like, this is it. Like, I'm done. Like, my career is over. Like, four shows. I had a cup of coffee. Um, and I remember, like, Brian was, like, kicked my ass real hard out the door. Um, I met him years ago at a Devils game um, when I was on Sirius. He was, the, like, the WWE night thing. And he was like, hey, Larry Dallas, we're love. I'm like, I'm like you got such a freaking memory to remember me. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I got kicked out of the building. Right. So this was the Ace Arena. It's a very small arena in Union, New Jersey, a real shithole um, with like a locker room that like is, is, you know, so tight. So I get kicked out of the arena. So I'm outside and I'm like pretending to be on the phone with like Sean. I'm like, they won't let me in the building. I'm putting on this whole show before the, sh- before the show starts to all these fans who don't know me. And I see Gabe like peeking out the door. They're filming this. I'm going up, I'm going off and off and off and off on this whole thing. Right. So the fans are all getting into it, whatever. Screw you. You're a nobody or a loser. Who are you? The whole thing. There you go. So I sneak back into the building to kind of watch the show from the locker room. Now, intermission's about to start, so I'm like, I got to get back outside so no one knows this. Now, it had torrentially downpoured <laughs> while this was going on. Okay? I'm not wet. I sprint to my car because I was working out at the time, so I had all these water bottles in my car from the gym, and I drenched myself with all these water bottles. So the fans come back outside now for intermission, and they see me soaking wet. They're like, you're still here? And they thought I was there the entire time. And, like, I literally sold myself 
to Gabe like that one night with like those two different things we did. And it was like four little like segments in between the DVD, like that no one would ever remember. But you know, so like that's and that was just how Larry Dallas was born. And then it literally became a thing where like I, I was just to them, I was to Gabe, it was like he's like, you gotta bring women to the show, you gotta bring women to the show. And that's how like the sleaziness character started. Mm. It was like they wanted hot women. Um, and it was my job to find attractive women that would come do shows with us to sell the gimmick, to sell the, the, the playboy rich TV guy thing. And like, literally that all really started because I, I, I met Rebby Hardy or Rebby sky at the time at a giant game. And she had no idea who I was. I had no idea who she was. And that's what really launched everything was um, she's standing outside of a giant game. She was a New York giants girl. She was very like New York giants famous. Uh, mm-hmm. She's already Miss Howard Stern at this point. Oh, no and way. I didn't even know that. She, she was Miss Howard Stern 2009 or something, maybe. Um, you know, so she was like, she was, people knew her. And this is when that Lucha Libre show was on MTV2 or MTV3, like Lucha Libre USA. Mm. Not the Klein Rocks thing, a different one. And uh, so she's talking to all these fans outside. And I'm, you know, Joe Cocky over here. And I go <laughs> walking up to her, going, I got to ask, like, why are all these people coming up to you? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm on some show on MTV. Just blows me off. I'm like, oh my god, you're not gonna believe this. Like, I was on a show on MTV, right? Yeah, she's like, she's like, ah, yeah, but it's some wrestling show. You wouldn't care. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm actually, I'm actually in wrestling. Like, I work in wrestling. Like, do you, have you ever heard of this company? That company? She's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I don't want to be like too forward. I go, can I have your email address so I can email you? Maybe CC Gabe. Maybe we can get you involved in a show or something like that. That way, you don't think I'm just a guy looking for your number. Works emailed her we went back and forth gabe was never going to pay anybody at that at women at that time like because he didn't have her booked he wasn't this is all me to figure out how to get her there yeah so i knew she had done independent shows because she was training to wrestle and uh, i was like i was like hey like how much would it cost for you to, to come into the show and she's like she's like oh well, i normally make this and i was like i was like done and i was like i was like i will lose that money bet on this right now this is our <laughs> new thing and we did like a Larry Dow's VIP party, like Evolve 6. And I remember we took a picture at like the next Giant game. So I put it in a frame. I had it on this like VIP section table. We had our couch. I had like bottles of champagne. And like me and her, we watched like all the action. And uh, my friend's favorite part is like Moxley and Homicide did a match. And like we're like Moxley was really heat ledger in this, like the gimmick up. And they're brawling all around the arena. And they're coming right towards my VIP section. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so I'm like, I move all the girls out of the way, but then I go run back and I grab my eight, I grab my frame photo. Dear life, so they don't, they can just show whatever they want to just have my photo. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that that's how that really started for me. Um, getting things was was that. So that, and that's where like the Larry Dallas character that it became became from all that. But it all to answer the question, 15 minutes later, was all off of my buddy who's a fan of Three's Company and thought that I was a sleazy car salesman. That would uh that would that would you know do anything to to get laid or get paid like uh, good old Larry Dalopoulos was in Three's Company. So so that time frame though, mm-hmm. pro wrestling managers are not really around. Nobody, I don't think. I mean, besides like the small small indies, but there I don't think anyone was in. Yeah, Prince Nana, obviously right because he was in Ring of Honor from Jump Street. Um, but for the most part, it was valets. You know, there wasn't no there wasn't like anybody else but Nana. Maybe Nana and me. Had you studied some previous guys who were you like, you know, 
we don't have any managers. I could reuse this stuff that worked so well back in the day. Well, my my uh, my Facebook profile at the time, my my college said the Ernie Roth School of Business. <laughs> so that was like my wink and nod to anybody that like knew anything about history because I thought it was just a cool moment. Um, yeah, no. So like, yeah, like obviously uh, Bobby Heenan's always the apex for people. Um, or at least for me, he is. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially commentary wise, like humor wise, all that stuff. I I, I just adore Bobby. Um, Cornette was never my, like, Cornette was great, but he was never like my flavor of what I was going for, um, or what I wanted to do. But yeah, like, but I also didn't get like a lot of, cause I was hated so much by that fan base. They wanted no part of me. Um, they thought I sucked and I probably did, but they wanted no part of me that like, and we, like, I was never cast with like, with, um, real over talent. Uh, no, I was with Gargano and, and Chuck Taylor early and they got them away from me as quickly as possible. <laughs> Um, and then like I was, then they gave me like, um, Scott reading and Caleb Conley as a tag team. And that's pretty much what we did. And we were just undercard guys that did whatever. And we always brought out the women and this is before everything kind of changed. But I remember even back then, like we'd have a different, different group, group of girls with us. Like every show that we did, we had to go find them or get local talent. And we did like a really raunchy entrance. Our first entrance, like WrestleMania weekend, we had like Amber O'Neill, Shelly Martinez and, God, who's the third girl? I'm going to forget her. This is so bad because whoever it is is going to be so mad at me if they ever heard this. <laughs> it was Shelly. It was Amber. And oh, I don't, I do not remember the third one. Maybe Sassy Stephanie. Maybe. I don't know. I, I forget the third one. I think it was Sassy Stephanie who's retired. But um, it was, but we'd always ask, we'd be like, hey, listen, like, this is how our entrance is supposed to go. Like, what are you comfortable with? Like, you know, this is super uncomfortable to ask strangers. Like, are you okay with kissing the guys when you get out there? Are you okay with grinding on us? Are you okay with doing, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower getting in the ring spot? You know, like when we get in for the entrance. Um, and like most of the guys, everyone was always like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's all show business. Um, and it was just something that we did. But that was always the pain in the ass because every town we went to, we had to find a girl or find a group of girls. And it was it, it sucked so much having to do that. Every Like me and Caleb once went to like a mall. <laughs> and, and like found a girl at a mall. We're like, hey, we're like talent scouts. You want to be on T- want to be on pay-per-view tonight? Because we were like on I pay-per-view, like watched by 50 people. Um, so that was like our selling point. We got people to work for free and go out there and do this stuff. But I, I don't regret like that gimmick or any of that stuff. But like I just it was just no, there was no money in it. But through that, like um, especially through the Rebbe connection, I, I met Dave LaGreca because mm-hmm. she was on Busted Open early. And that's how I got the Busted Open gig. So and that's where, like, I think that was really like, like as much as I loved Evolve and I did stuff in Evolve and that got me Dragon Gate and that relationship changed my life, obviously, back in 2012 and um, all the great wrestlers I got to work with and meet, you know, it's the it's getting on the radio. That was what really, I think, made my personality shine for people or people start to appreciate knowledge or anything. Because other than that, I was just, I was just a $75 payday on a show taking up payroll. But that was, you know, but I was also the guy that, like coordinated travel. You know, mm-hmm. I was the like the the Candido dark side. Yeah, like the coordinating the airlines and stuff, dude. I like every road trip we went on, man. That, that was me renting a car, and it was my Amex paying for all that gas, getting paid back a month. You know, getting paid oh. back. It's like the bills due the twenty eighth, and like the twenty seventh. I don't have the whatever. American Express actually at one point gave me like a like eighty thousand dollar credit limit because they thought I had more money. They thought I had so much money because like. Like, I remember we bought, like, a bunch of new cameras or something. And Sal, like, I gave Sal my Amex one day. He's like, he's like, I needed to book hotels. I'll pay you back. I'm like, all right. Like, you know, you're my boss. And, like, he just always paid back. Yeah. Right? So it was like, ran up four grand. I got four grand. I'm like, mm. 
You know, so all of a sudden, progressively became like all of a sudden I looked at the state. I'm like, there's twenty six thousand dollars charged, like New Orleans. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, 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 how much money did you spend? And it's like, I think twenty six thousand dollars was paid. You know, like yeah. the next that next month. So American Express gave like twenty six or twenty seven year old me like eighty thousand dollars credit limit <laughs> one day, which was the worst idea ever. That's dangerous. dangerous. I could have I could have been gone. I could have just. <laughs> I would, have, I would have totally like suffered seven years of credit of bad credit to, like, <laughs> blow through 80 grand once in my life but i never did but yeah no so that was um but yeah those were the times that's just all that that's just that career that's just that, that era of things but i don't look back on that era fondly because again like i think um i didn't understand the internet hatred i hated the internet people for what they were saying i didn't like i didn't care in the sense like i went home and was like oh, poor me or like, yeah got sad about it but I just became very um, combative with people, and I and I try to play it off and go back at everybody, go back at everybody, go back at everybody, and that's really never a good strategy for long term popularity or <laughs> or growth. You know, the best thing you can do in this business is probably get as many people on the internet on your side to uh, help you promote you. Yeah, yeah. Rather than piss off everybody or piss on everybody, and then just hope that they still watch you after they book you and stuff like that. You know, it's just things you learn that I wish. Have you? New have you and- ever have you ever watched Vanderpump Rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that, that took over Wednesday nights for a couple of weeks because of uh, everything that was going on. Yeah, because that that when that became uh the scandal, yeah, um took over took over my my, my viewing on, on Wednesdays with the with, with, with the with the ex. Be- because so so night. when Scandal happened, you know, that it became the thing. But I had always heard about Vanderpump previously because I you know, I like reality TV. There's there's some hosts on on the Ringer who are reality TV, and you know they talk be talking about the challenge, which, uh, which is great. I love the challenge. Our fans, yep. Uh, but then they would also talk about Vanderpump, and I was so I tried watching Vanderpump. I got through the first episode like two or three different times, just never, just never got you know never and it, it never became part of the rotation. So yeah, earlier this year when all that stuff was happening, I was like, you know what? I'm at least going to get through the first season. Like there's yeah. got to be something in this show that is going to hook me mm-hmm. as a reality TV show fan. So it did. Now I passively watch it. I don't sit mm-hmm. there and watch it, you know, uh, and, and like take notes or anything, but it's kind of on in the background when I'm doing other stuff. And the character of Jax Taylor, if you watch the very, the early on, I don't even know if he's still on the show, but he's yeah. originally, originally he's Stasi's boyfriend okay. in the show google him but who what you are describing as your character yeah. is Jax taylor uh, on vanderpump which is why i was wondering if you'd ever seen it because he uh, now you're not a sleazy human he's a little bit of a sleazy human but he's yeah. the bartender guy he's you know talking to women and he's doing the deep v on the on the shirt so they didn't get better tips and yeah. he's like he's a very likable character because of his personality but he does really bad stuff so i know i i would imagine the vanderpump uh community just dislikes him but I, but I, I used to get spray tanned before all the shows right because <laughs> yeah. like i want to be because you know fat looks better cooked than it does raw the old Lauren anderson saying um so like i remember the first time i went to the tanning salon and i was like i was like i need to get spray tanned they're like how dark i'm like as dark as humanly possible like just like i need to i want to be tan and that became like a part of my routine. I'd go to the same at a, at a tanning girl that would like spray me because that's also uncomfortable to sit there in your freaking yeah. boxer briefs in front of a very attractive young woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and get sprayed, you know, with uh, tanning stuff. But like early on, I would go out like the days before I had a show or the night before I had a show, and I would totally 
just like try to play the character yeah out out in the world to see what the reaction was from people i'm like all right they're not they're like that's totally douchey enough that people were just that's gonna work yeah that's gonna work to the point where like people that like me that have met me like through the years like i didn't like you when i first met you i thought you were a douchebag i'm like i'm like yeah i was just practicing how to be one um on public but like i just took i took everything that i didn't let it like i took the worst of what i saw people do at bars like the most obnoxious people and i was like this is how i'll just be and i'm like that's that's how you become a heel and that's how you get that kind of heat um but it's just yeah i don't know if it's a good long again i think it's better to be liked um <laughs> by people as a person which i thankfully am now for the most part but um you know it's, it's just it's it's not a good strategy in life uh okay so I had had some other things that I wanted to mm-hmm. to talk to you about now and now we you know we won't I won't keep you as long this time as last time yeah whatever you want but um read a book <laughs> exactly um as far as wrestling is concerned today mm-hmm. now I imagine when you were younger like you were just like I could watch wrestling all day long, not get tired of it. Give me more, 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 more. Because that's how I was I when I was younger. Yeah, that's all I did. And now we live in a world where they are giving us more, 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 and more. And, you know, I, I don't know what your itinerary is for this weekend. Thankfully, well, not thankfully, because I wanted to watch some stuff, but I'm celebrating my anniversary uh, on Saturday, later today, when people listen to this. Congratulations. Thank you. But there is... Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, the, oh, the, the fight. There is UFC 291, which is like a must-see show for me. Yep. There is Collision with yep. Adam Cole and MJF against FTR. There is uh, still G1 stuff this weekend. There's Great American Bash for WWE NXT on Sunday. So, you know, and if you want to dig deep, I'm sure there's stardom stuff. Like, there's like... Every any you know you you can't you you cannot turn on your television and not have wrestling if you want it. Yeah, where are you with how much stuff there is out there to watch now? And do you feel pressured to watch it, or have you kind of created a system where you're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna watch the stuff that I want to watch, and and I'm not gonna get too deep. Every every Thursday, there's a there's a match of the week posted by a certain somebody in a newsletter, and that that's usually good enough for like I'm like all right, I can watch this this week and and and, and know what's going on. Um, I'm going to Collision tomorrow because it's in Connecticut, and I you know I got some tickets um, you know sent to me, so like I'm bringing my buddy, so we're gonna be that tomorrow. If this was a normal Saturday night and I wasn't bartending, and that was the itinerary for me, it would be a Buffalo Wild Wings night. UFC on and the boxing fight on so I can watch both. Yeah. And then wrestling would take a very, very big um, back, back back door on that. Uh, if I was working the bar, what I would do is I would always put on, when I used to work Sunday nights, I always put on a WWE network for the pay-per-views. And everyone came out, the people that weren't wrestling fans would come out and watch it. And like that's mm-hmm. how I would end up watching a lot of the pay-per-views that I was working. Um, I would watch it casually with people there. But it's so hard to keep up with everything, man. Like, I'm not yeah. watching, you know, I mean, they, they would have hired me by now, so I could probably say whatever I want. But, like, I'm not watching three hours of Raw on Monday. Um, I'm just not. Uh, Tuesday NXT is, like, very skippable, um, especially since, like, a lot of the guys that were, that would be reasons I watched are mm-hmm. not there anymore because they're guys I came up with that I would support. I'd watch to see how good they're doing. Dynamite, to me, 
when before Vanderpump took over that slot, it was watch <laughs> on Wednesdays. But like now, like Dynamite's Dynamite to me is still something that you, that I DVR, and if I hear it's great, I'm, I want to watch and catch up on. Uh, Rampage is never getting watched. Mm-hmm. Um, SmackDown's probably the best show on TV, and I I, I follow the storyline. Yeah, but like it's not again. I'm not watching it on a Friday night. Right. So it's it's all it's all hard. it's hard to have a life, and if you watch sports or do anything else with your life, like. You know, like if the Knicks are playing and it's, you know, NXT, like I'm watching the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 the, now the Mets being as bad as they are, you have a shot to have me for the next month and hook me on something. But I think for me, again, like, like I, I read every week the Observer. Yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, ideally, especially now that I'm like the past five weeks, I had class. Like, right. And I just, I just finished my summer courses. So like, I had no time to do anything. Like ideally I would like to be in a place where I could watch all the major stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, just like, that is like two years from now when I'm out of MRI tech school and like, and like, that's my, like, I'm going to get back to like, I'm going to be able to watch all the regular stuff, but you can't watch everything and have a life, you know? And, and, and then I have to follow, I have to keep, I have to, I have to actually keep up a date on AAA. You know, like that's something I have oh, yeah. to watch that, their stuff every week. That's that's, that's my priority. job. That's my you know, I'm contracted to that company. So that's something I have to watch. Um, everything that goes on with them. I would love to watch Dragon Gate more, you know, but it's it's just, you know, that's it, it's so late and it's so hard. Um, you know, New Japan, like again, it's something that I'm subscribed to. And um, you know, but I I don't watch it all the time, but I'll never cancel it. Yeah. It's just nice to have it there. But like ideally, yeah. But I I think about that all the time. Like if I was still on busted open and like my job is to talk wrestling three hours every morning, like how do you have a life? Like how does Dave have a life? Like Dave talks about going out places. I'm like, how do you do that? Like how? How do you how do you go a concert? Like you write a book every week, you know, and you watch. You know it, it, what it is is his work his working day is like for me wakes when he wakes up yeah. to when he goes to bed. So he's gonna get you know he's gonna get. 15, 15 hours 16 day. hours out of a day and you know yeah. three of those will be watching actual content which is so, cool and, and you know that that works for him it's worked for him forever but he you know he does take his evenings off a couple times a week yeah, to, so that he to. does have, 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 a, have a life it's, it's too much for anybody and it's at this point you're picking your flavor of ice cream and that's what you're gonna do you know it's, it's just i don't think there's anybody on the planet besides the people that are super super um, anti-social and, and are and are very comfortable being home. You know, the the, the not not to copy the internet, but the not touch grass crowd. <laughs> you, you know, um, which is a very funny line, but like you know, it also is. kind of mean. Like, yeah, it you know, is. It's funny uh, and it's mean. Yeah. It's funny and mean, but it's still funny. Because, you know, comedy can be mean and funny. Yeah. But um, but like it's it's like outside of those people, who who could possibly do that? I mean, again, it's we talked with Dave two weeks ago. 14, 15 year old me would have never developed social skills. Yeah. If I had all this content that I could watch because it was bad enough. I, I was watching jobber matches every week, you know, like, and I still watched it every week. Like, you know, like my Saturday morning was, was super stuff was taped ECW the night before. Cause on the MSG network, you never knew when it was coming on. Oh, so you said, because obviously Nick's Rangers West coast would get to set like out. a, like a, like a whole six hours aside. Yes. You would take, you would it. tape from midnight to 6am, wake <laughs> up fast forward. <laughs> And pray that ECW came on at some point. Um, otherwise, you were never getting to watch that 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 week's episode. 
Um, and everyone in New York knows that problem that I'm talking about. And obviously it was a regional thing. So it was on different networks for people. But then I was, I, I was always so jealous of the MSG network because you guys would get WWE yeah. stuff yeah, that no one else could ever see. Oh, it was great. I was so jealous. It was so cool to go to, to go whenever like my father would take me, like or my mother would take me to MSG, um, because I went to see I saw Hogan Flair at MSG, mm. you know, and uh, then he watched it like a month later because they never aired it that night. They aired it like a couple weeks later on the MSG yeah. network. But like, yeah, so like you would like your Saturday morning for me would be like that was whatever when you woke up. Then there was a live wire. <laughs> or mania at like 10 a.m yeah. then superstars of wrestling was at like noon um then american gladiators was at 1 p.m had to watch american gladiators because that show was awesome then um then there was wmac masters which was uh that that fake karate show that oh came wow right after that um with like hakeem machine alston and like all these characters it, it was so perfectly in like the american gladiator it was like so perfectly slotted where it was slotted and then like, they would probably literally be either playing like video games or watching whatever tapes i had that i wanted to watch so like and then saturday night was you know wcw saturday night at 605 and then like you had like like think about what we had we had a lot back then too if you think about it because we had saturday night at 605 you had worldwide yeah a lot of the syndicate if you had the syndication then but the problem with the syndication is a lot of times you would see the same stuff over and over and over yeah it, 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 it never none of it mattered like there was nothing yeah. that was that was major on it like the major show that mattered you had to watch like prime time um when I like when I was a kid and I wasn't up yeah. that late. Um which was which was the precursor to, to Raw. To precursor to Raw. But then when Raw came on, I mean that was every Monday night for I mean that was religious. You know, I mean I, I still remember the, the the Intercontinental title battle royal um when Razor and uh Martel were like the last two and they had to face the next week. Like that battle royal, like I taped we taped that show because I had those uh standardized testing that you had every year. Um, in the public schools, it's like the mm. most important test of the year, like measuring yeah, yeah, yeah. intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like meant nothing. <laughs> so like I couldn't, I couldn't stay up for raw. My parents wouldn't let me, so I had to go to sleep. And the VCR didn't tape it. Oh man, dude, I like that was like that was like my lost tape for like I couldn't wait to see after the battle royal. I didn't get to see the biggest battle royal at like six years old. Like that's that's heartbreaking. Um, like so like yeah, it was an obsession. So if I had an obsession, if I had the level of obsession I have now, and I had this much wrestling to watch. I would never be out of the house. Well, well, here, here's the thing for me, which is, you know, I I'm asked to help Brian, who is having a child, and mm -hmm. sub in and, and do these shows with Dave. And this is pre AEW, right? right? So, so we only have, you know, Raw and SmackDown and New Japan and and New Japan, but NXT. there's no AEW. Yeah. You know, WWE Network version of NXT. So the amount of things that I had to keep an eye on yeah. were so much less. And now here we are. Gosh, how long have we been doing this show with Dave now? Four years or whatever. It's been that long. I've been listening. Uh, yeah. Um, and now, like, now the you know, actual what's expected just and it's not because they tell me to watch, but it's because I want to keep on, on the up and up and I want to make sure that I'm 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 you know, understanding of, of what's going on. Uh, it, it's it's doubled, I feel like. I feel like it's absolutely doubled as far as what I have to keep an eye on. I used to, because obviously, like, when I was working serious, like, my last contract was, like, I was making, like, 175 an episode, doing, like, three to five episodes a week. So, like, I wasn't making, like, life-changing money, but it was good. It was good enough, you know, to keep me going. But I was still bartending um, and everything like that and had a social life. But, like, I had to, you know, 
um, yeah, I had to still make money other places. So like there were times I would get on the train to the city and be watching like whatever TV from the night before on my phone. Yeah. You know, like on my way in, that was the only way I would get it done was like watching whatever I had to watch. Cause again, you were going on for radio for, and you can't, you can't fake content when you're talking about or breaking down like Colin Cowherd does that all the time. Like the national, the national media guys, God bless them. They got their bag. Like I, I will never knock them forget that they got their money. And like, that is great, but there is absolutely no value returning that money because the amount of things that they say that are so piss poor and accurate, just sound like it. Just say you didn't watch like Texas Southern, <laughs> you know, like, like you don't have to tell me that the quarterback from Texas Southern has the best army. The chance that you watched enough tape on that guy to know what you're talking like, and it's all the time with those national guys. It's like, Oh, I watched, you can't. Like, my, I can't um, watch a wrestling thing. I, you can't watch every college football game. So, so my buddy Paul, who was on the segment right before this, we we previewed uh, UFC. Oh, Fontaine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fontaine. So he and I we just had this discussion off air because he 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 said that you know he's like I you know when I listened because he listens to a lot of podcasts he listens like he has a wide range of things that he listens to and he's like I have an ear for when people are BSing that they actually watch something because I, I, I can tell because I've heard all of the other takes that they are parroting yeah. and whether it's Dave's take or it's Brian's take yeah. or it's, you know, whatever other wrestling podcast you listen to. Yeah. He's like, I listen to enough and I can actually tell when they're BSing and that they actually haven't watched it. They're just parroting what they have heard. Yeah. And that's where you don't want to be. Right. Because, no, because that's, then, then why would I listen to you? Right. You know, then I'm reading like, then I'm, then I'm literally reading like a carbon copy of, of someone else. It's like, there's no, it's why, it's why I don't understand why people read like ringside news or like other places that like literally just take other, like, thank God for podcasts. And there are probably no wrestling website businesses anymore outside of like the, 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 the pay ones. Yeah. Because they just take, quotes from podcasts and like it's their news story and yes. it's it's like it's like uh, that, do you get anything out of that like and if i'm reading something and again this is what we were talking about before we went on air but if i'm reading a quick quote of something from like the observer i'm gonna i naturally me personally have to now go find out what that whole story was right yeah. like, like i can't just read the and be like oh okay well i gotta that would drive that would drive me that would drive me nuts the completest in me it would drive me like you're talking to a guy that had to be like a Red Dead Redemption two like a hundred percent because like number one I was bored number two like just the idea of like not completing the game fully was like this is not I couldn't I couldn't function doing that so that's just I, I don't know I, people do it but it's not my it's not my cup of tea man like you know you gotta you gotta go out there and be authentic and know what you're talking about or just don't talk about it it's very easy not to talk about things like you don't have to talk you don't have to have an opinion on everything you know I have no idea what goes on with most of the world. Like I, I, I didn't know why Russia invaded Ukraine until it became a thing. I didn't know it was even. I didn't even know. I couldn't even tell you where Ukraine was, you know, before that. Before that happened, you know. And so you don't have to have an opinion on everything. Like I see it all the time. Like people talk about all the like all the news stories that they like fentanyl and all this stuff. It's like everyone has these opinions immediately. It's like it's like, dude, you probably don't know anything about this shit. It's like why are you why are you talking about it? Like you know, and it just do. It's it's so annoying. It's like when that like cat litter lady. The, the school, like, oh, they're letting her, you know, go to the bathroom in a cat in a litter box because she identifies. It's like that story was never anywhere, <laughs> you know. But people read something, it's like, oh, let's be like, don't you want to dig in a little bit more or like yeah, talk about something yeah. that you know what you're talking about? Like that would be my biggest fear in life, would be getting up publicly and speaking, or getting on something like this and speaking, 
and not knowing what I'm talking like that to yeah. me would be, would be devastating. I don't care if you think I suck, but at least you'll think I suck, but I knew that, but like I, I, I knew what I was talking about, or I understood what the product, if I, if I didn't know things, I couldn't talk, I couldn't do it. I would not go on a, I would not go on a podcast about soccer. You know, I go, I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you any of the teams in the World Cup. I don't know the sport and I wouldn't pretend to. And every day on the, you put on the, t- the, 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 the sports channels, the sports channels, now everyone's a soccer expert again. It's, it's, it's like four t- every every other every t- two years they become women's experts, they become men's experts, and they're not. And it's okay to not be. Just say you don't know a sport. Stephen A. Smith does it all the time with MMA. Yeah. Right. It's like, dude, you're great. You're making so much money. You don't have to pretend like you know what this is too. Like, yeah. it's okay. let yeah, somebody yeah. else get his, his boxing and his MMA takes are are a little are putrid. Little off. Putrid. Um. Yeah. So this, uh, I want to first. I want to thank you for coming back uh, on back to back weeks because this is doing nothing. I'm reading reading a book. That's really what I'm doing. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun. And uh, before we get to the last thing, I want to ask you about because I think it's it's kind of cool to kind of wrap your story around and and come back to kind of what you're doing right now, which is very interesting to me as far as you know going back and get your education. But (laughs) you know, if I, I, I probably. I, I don't know. I mean, there, I'm sure there's somebody in radio who has all these different podcast partners, but I counted the other day because I yeah. do so many different shows. So obviously Dave Meltzer, uh-huh. John LaRocca, Andrew Zarian are, are, are people that I do uh, wrestling stuff with. Yeah. And then I have my son. I have my buddy from college, Brad, doing giant stuff and then another friend doing 49er stuff. So I have like six podcast partners That's a lot. and you know if i had room for another show like you and i could do this like every, every week and yeah, it'd, no problem. it'd be yeah, a ton of yeah. fun yeah and and look if something falls off and and i, and <laughs> I need another I, I need another idea i'm coming yeah. to you first that's fine um but the you know just the fact that you you can do this and and it's very natural to you obviously you had a radio career there which, there's, which, i didn't have any experience in either of those so that's that, that came from nowhere too and, everything and, came from nowhere yeah and you're a broadcaster today and in doing your came, stuff with, with play so yeah. you know obviously there is an enjoyment there's a love mm-hmm. you're you're speaking your personality you know how to utilize it um and that takes me to w- what you're doing now as far as going back to school. What are you going back to school for? Uh, to be a radiology tech, like MRI technician. Um, Which is completely different from oh, not, broadcasting. Not different. Not, yeah, it's very different. But I, uh, COVID taught me that, man. Um, you know, for me, and a lot of it's my own, there are things that have happened that are out of my control, right? Like COVID in Japan, out of my control. Um, busted open probably was going to happen the way it was going to happen no matter what I did. But, you know, I probably could have done – you can always work harder. Uh, wrestling, right? There's only so many no's you can take. Um, there's only so many triple A's coming to America deals that you can take. And, you know, bartending, for me, as a guy who became very susceptible to substance abuse um, because of the access that I had to um, a lifestyle – um, of being up late and having a lot of days of having nothing to do and the depression that comes from feeling like you didn't succeed at certain things or the depression that comes from certain things getting taken away from you um, and having so much access to certain things. 
you know, it got to a point where I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm 38 years old. Like, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my, like, am I going to always be chasing the next dollar or the next contract or next anything? And uh, I had saw a friend of mine had posted a part-time position for whatever thing in the medical field she does. And the hourly was insane. Like when I was bartending at my peak, like a year ago, I was making like, I'm talking like probably 14 hundred to two thousand dollars a week cash mm-hmm. like i was not a poor man i wasn't a rich man i wasn't elon musk but i was not a poor man um but again i was working 50 hours a week and i'm up 16 hours and i'm not sleeping and everything's yeah. suffering and i was like yeah i gotta do something that's like what's secure that like i'm not gonna go work in an office again that's miserable work to me um having some flexibility and freedom to still artistically do what i want to do um outside of work is the most important thing to me um Money's probably, you know, secondary. I think freedom probably comes first for me. Money's second. Um, so it was like, what's a career that I can do that is going to pay me a good amount of money? I'll have some security uh, in life. And because when I got back from Japan with COVID, like I, had, I couldn't go bartend because New York was absolutely shut down. I wasn't going back to Japan. And I had like, no money left uh, to my name. So I, was, I ended up like working at Home Depot for like $15 an hour, like in a, in a lumber department. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck happened in my life? Like, 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 what am I doing here? You now I got a college degree. I'm a smart guy. I got a personality. Like it can't be because it all got taken. I'm dead. Like I said to myself, like, I will never be here again. Like I will never sit here again and be this low, be this broke. And I had no idea like what I was going to do. I was like, I'll just bartend make a lot of money, put it and start saving. Um, and then, you know, I've, things happened obviously. And then I was like, I just said, you know, I gotta get some, I gotta get a career behind me and MRI tech. I was like, well, you know, it's, it's 12 hour a week, 12 hour days, three days a week at a hospital. If you get a hospital job in New York city, it's, you know, probably it's a six figure job. Um, that gives you four days for me. I'm like, that's four days a week that I can do whatever else I want to do. <laughs> I can bartend one day a week. I can, you know, go milk cows. I can, <laughs> whatever the hell interests me that day is so, that's, that was so appealing to me, but it was, I had to go, so, so I had to call, I had to apply to do all this stuff. Lenny Leonard actually wrote my recommendation letter, um, to the school. So I start Manhattanville, excuse me, Manhattanville, um, in September, but I had to take the hard part was there was three, I had my bachelor's in business. So there was, so I had most of the, the stuff that obviously people that have gone to college or are going to go to college, the first two years are fluff. Like, right. Then you pick your major and you start going towards that. And you have the prereqs that you have to get on top of the fluff bullshit that you had to pay for, for no reason, which is my biggest problem with college that you pay for a lot of fat on that steak. They're charging you for like a flaming young and they're giving you about fucking, you know, five pounds of fat that you have to cut around to, to get to the meat that you want, which I think is complete bullshit. But, um, so I, I got accepted, but I had to take some prereqs. So I had to take like psychology, developmental psychology, and anatomy and physiology too, which is really hard, <laughs> um, really hard, especially for a guy like me because I'm in there with all these twenty-something-year-old kids that have like been doing biology and all this other shit, and I haven't touched science in twenty-something years. And since um, it, it's summertime, it's not a it's not a regular college semester. It's a five-week course. Yeah. So like I was in like three days a week of um, anatomy and physiology class. I had, I had three tests on uh, yesterday, you know, all my finals. I had three tests yesterday. Uh, I had a test Tuesday, a practical Tuesday, where I had to know like 96 parts of the respiratory, urinary, and wow. uh, digestive system. And you had to identify my models and like know how to spell them and all that crap. 
which I somehow got an 86 on. I have no idea how I got an 86 <laughs> on it. Because like, I'll tell you right now, like in, in an AP courses, psychology was a breeze. That was bullshit. Like, right. That's all just talking about my, that, that type of cognitive stuff, like taking information like that in talking about why people do things. I can do that all day. That was like, I got like a, I got like a B in psychology and I got like an A in developmental psych. Anatomy and physiology, which I need to get a C plus in all these courses to get the program I'm going for. And I'm fucking just broke up my girlfriend. I'm bartending. I have class three days a week, eight, eight hours a day. And I'm working on a new living situation because I'm not with the girlfriend. So I have to go find, figure all that stuff out. Uh, so I have anatomy and physiology three days a week for eight hours a day. I have a lecture course for three hours, lab course for three hours. Dude, I got like an 80 on the first test, a 60 on the second test, Oof. a 90 on the third test, a 52 on the fourth test. Oh man. Like, dude, like, uh, like the teacher goes, like, you like you can't make this easy on yourself, can you? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't have time to process all the information you're giving me. Like, I have three days to remember all this shit. And I got like a life that I'm living. And I don't know how I fucking pulled it off, dude. But like in the last, like last week, I, I just it was like 87, like 90. But I was like, I, I did it. I don't nice. I, and I don't know how. Like I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how. And like, I was, the kids were laugh, the kids were all laughing at me because I was talking to them all about things. I'm like, like I'm like, I, like, I, I, I have not, no idea, like about any of this stuff because they're, they're going in. There's these kids know how they don't. Have to, I don't know how to study. I haven't studied in years. Yeah, you know. But yeah, no. So it's just you. Yeah, I want a career. I want. I want a pension. I want something that's fallbackable. But I also want the freedom to still. You know, I can broadcast till I'm sixty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and and that's kind of what I was getting back to, which is, you are creating a path for yes. a career and also the freedom to do stuff on your free time, the things that you really enjoy a little bit of money, money hustling money. Yes. And that is, that is kind of what you've done. Like the idea that, you know, pretty much the story that you've told me is yeah. you were, you were making things work. It wasn't easy, but you were making ends meet because you're hustling and you're yes. street smart and you're, and you're kind of figuring things out and being like, Hey, I yeah. need to be able to do this, to do this. But now you're creating a career where the other part of you that you're very good at, which is being street smart and hustling and, and making things work. That's going to be additive. That's that's not going to be correct. That's not going to be what's going to make or break. You know, correct. Your your your, your month. That's yeah. going to be the gravy for you, which and I think is pressure is free, and it'll be fun, and it'll be like no. It's like it's like to take that pressure off yourself finally of of, of the dream and the chase and, the, and like I, I love the grind more than anybody. Trust me, I, I wouldn't do it as long as I have if I didn't love the grind. There's something sick about me that loves the challenge, that loves the the, the, that that getting up in the morning and having to like create an enemy or create a doubter to 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 go out and succeed at something, but uh, and, and for school, my, my biggest doubter was me. You yeah. know, like like could I do this? I don't yeah. think I, I didn't think I could do it, and then I did it. It's like holy shit! Like you can do this. Um, but yeah, no, it's just I'll give myself. I don't want to be one of those guys that's like dead at forty two because their dream died or they accomplished all their dreams. And life had no value or substance past it. I don't have kids. I'm probably never going to have kids. I'm not a guy that 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 needs a, another human being to make my life meaningful. I get meaning out of being able to do what I want to do and the enjoyment I get out of that. So to give myself a career where I'm locked down, but I have but I have so much freedom on the other end of it. Um, I'll trade three. I'll trade three days a week, and then you know for for four days of freedom any day of the week, man. You know, and and if I if I want more money, I can take I can take the overtime. 
But if yeah. I want to go to if I want to go to Tijuana because AAA needs me, or I want to go to Kobe, <laughs> you know, for a Dragon Gate show, I can go. And like that again, it, that's the sickness. That's like the guy. Like I just want the freedom to still be able to do what I want to do, and and that's while still securing the bag, as the kids say. So you know, it's, it's just a decision I had to make. It's gonna be a rough two years. Um, like I just have to not drown for the next two years, but I haven't drowned yet, so. No, I, you know, I, it's going to be worth it. And you're going to get something out of being able to complete it yeah. too about yourself. Oh, I'll be so stress-free afterwards. But also you're going to, you're going to have a feeling of accomplishment, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to, you're going to be able you, you set a goal, you started this thing yeah. and you're going to finish it. And you're going to feel like, Oh, I can actually do anything now. Like I accomplished yeah. this really hard thing. And the next thing that you, you look at, you're going to be like, okay, it's going to be hard too, but I have this previous experience of accomplishing and, and I can, I'll, I know I'm going to get through it now. The, the only goal I always said, it's the most morbid thing I've ever said to people. I say, you know, but it's like, but I meant it. I mean it when I say it, but I think goals have to evolve also. But I said like, the only goal I've never achieved in life, um, be it dating or, or life or career is literally like never signing with WWE. That's the only thing I've never actually can check off my list. Otherwise, if you had a list of things that matter to me that I said I wanted to do, everything I ever want to do is checked off, mm-hmm. right? It's like, so if I died tomorrow, um, my life, I, I have a very completed dash, right? That dash is very complete. Like, I don't li- need to live to 90 to say, like, oh, I saw the world. No, yeah. I do whatever I want to do. But you have to evolve your goals. Yep. Um, you have to give yourself reasons to wake up in the morning, reasons to keep on working. Um, why do people... What if football players get paid $60 million and still work out as hard as they do? Because they set a goal. You have to, you have, the human brain has to evolve. And you learn that in psychology. Well, I'm, not, I'm just repeating crap that I learned. <laughs> but, uh, like, no, your brain has to – you have to evolve your brain. You have to – like, everything in your brain is so weird, right? Like, your brain – takes, like, three weeks. Like, it's, like, scientifically proven that, like, however you're feeling today will have no impact on how you feel three months from now. Right. So it's like, cause I just read this in the book and, I, and I've read this other, I'm reading this other book, uh, the four agreements, which Jimmy Jacobs said, like recommended to me. And there was this quote in this book is there's a, in this book where like human beings are the only species that punish themselves multiple times for a mistake. Like, like if a deer got caught in a fence and got cut or got injured, it would be like, that sucks. And it will never think about that again. They will never blame themselves for that mistake. Again, human beings will, will think about their mistakes over and over and over and over again in the same way your goals should constantly evolve because you have to keep your mind yeah you just have to keep your mind fresh man six podcasts that's great that's a lot of time that's a lot of time occupied on a clock like that's what you need to to me at least i like being busy like that no it's 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 great story and based off of the uh, feedback from the the last show that we did get a lot of people rooting for you they they, oh, they like you. you and you know I they like they, they, you know, the thing is, is like Larry just comes off as a real dude. Like that's the feedback that I get. Yeah. So my, my friend uh, said that to me uh, when I was on serious. He's like, he's like, I put you on one day listening to you. He's like, he's like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I was like, I was so proud. He's like, I'm sitting there listening. I'm go, I go, that's my boy. Like, like that's the same guy I, I know and hung out with and, and whatever. He goes, that, he's like, he's not changing. He's not putting on an act, not changing for anything. You know, you're, you're a great, I'm just going to be ironic, but you're a great dude to have a beer with, um, you know, which I'm really not. Um, but oh, I was, yeah, until, you know, I, until I'm not, yeah. um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, it's just, you know, again, it's one of those things. I love doing this. I love talking wrestling. I love bullshit with people. It occupies my brain. You know, me, me and Samantha, we talk about this all the time. Like, like 
she wishes that she had hobbies. And I, and I see this with people all the time. People that don't have hobbies, it's a very hard thing. Uh, I don't know how they get through life, like not having an interest that they're passionate about that they want to talk about. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't live like that. Like having wrestling as an anchor, um, as much of a heartbreak as wrestling is to me is the greatest blessing that, that the creator ever gave me was it's the reason why I never did drugs. It's the reason why I never did it because I wanted to be, I wanted to do wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Um, you know, it's just a, whatever it's an anchor, man. But so when I, when I kneecap little Rocca, in a couple <laughs> of weeks, I'll, I'll get his, uh, <laughs> cause I can't take Zarian's job. Is it, he, he has all the business numbers. That's way too complicated <laughs> for me. I don't want to take on that much information, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll kneecap little Rocca once in a while. Just to watch. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you know, if I if I need if I need help, I know where to go. If I if, if one of my co-hosts is off for the week, I know where to go. Yeah. Uh, but best of luck, and you know, we'll 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 keep in touch. And of course, you know, whenever Happy anniversary. Whenever, yeah, thank you, thank you. When, whenever you have something to plug, or whenever you're going to do another AAA show, you know, yeah. we'll come on and we'll talk about it. So yeah, well, when we come to America eventually, you know. Oh yeah, Spanish, yeah, Spanish is coming, baby. It's the nineties, baby. Get myself fired one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, Larry Dallas, everybody. Uh, also, thanks to Paul Fontaine, who was uh, in the first segment talking UFC. Fun show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.